Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Before you get to the audio yep. for hoops last night from the win over Oklahoma State, uh, I asked Mike Boynton about it in the post game. I asked Rodney Terry, Marcus Carr. And, and Mike Boynton said he thought it was the difference in the game. Oklahoma State cut it to three with three and a half minutes to go in the first half. Then over the last two minutes, Texas scores five unanswered to going into the half. And they scored those first five points coming out of the locker room. Mike Boynton said he felt like that was the difference in the game. And Rodney Terry, you know, we've talked about how the, the strides this team has taken in terms of being able to close people out. And he said the next the next step in that is in, in dominating for 40 minutes is we, kind of like we talk about the middle eight in football. It's not that much different for college basketball. That last four-minute game of the first half, basically from whenever the last media timeout hits to the end of the half, and then coming out of the locker room until that first media timeout of the second half. He said, we've got to win that last four-minute game of the first half and that first four-minute game of the second half. They did that last night, and Oklahoma State, I don't think they got closer than, what, eight, Craig? Eight was as close as they could get. Uh, Eddie Orn has a phrase for it. He said, coaches use it a lot. Don't make me be the first one to call a timeout in the second half. That's I never heard it put that way. That's great, yeah. Don't make me be the one to have to call the first time out in the second half. And that didn't happen. You're right. It was 35-32. Longhorn scored the final five of the first half. They're up eight. First five of the second half. They don't look back. Oklahoma State cut it to eight, I think, five or six times yeah. in the second half. But they couldn't get closer. And some of that brought Cunningham at a big three. Uh, uh, Tyrese Hunter hit a big three. Marcus Carr hit a big three. Uh, there was uh, Timmy th- Allen had a three-point play. I think that was yeah. in that sequence where he catches it real quick from Tyree, spins baseline, and hits that follow I love jumper. that baseline yeah. thing where they, they fade away and got that fouled and then hit the free throw as well. So all of that was a part of it. And, and after the game, visiting with uh, Rodney Terry to talk about it. And, and let me also say this, too, and we'll, we'll hear from Brock Cunningham in a bit, but I thought a critical point in the game came when within two minutes of one another – on the scoreboard clock in the second half, Dylan DeSue and Christian Bishop each picked up their fourth foul. Brock Cunningham at that point, you know, dude, it's on your shoulders to continue to do what you do, you know, play hard and on defense. But to become the offensive uh, thrust that he became, a career-high 15 points, a career-high three three-pointers made, hit two big free throws. Uh, Eddie mentioned at one point, you know, because he's always had that interesting release on the shot. And he drained both. He went into last night's game shooting 87% from the foul line. And he was 4-for-4 four four in conference play from the foul line. Now he's 6-for-6 six six in conference play. So all of that a part of what we visited about when I visited with uh, Rodney Terry, the Longhorns interim head coach, after the game. The tenacity, I think, that your guys showed. Uh, building the 8-point halftime lead and never letting it drop below 8. Every time they made a run, you had an answer for them. Well, again, you know, Mike's done a great job with his group, and they're, they're playing really, really well together right now, especially shooting the basketball. I mean, they had four threes at the half, and for us, that was a, that was a key in the game. We needed to try to hold those guys to five or less threes. Uh, we knew that they were they were shooting the ball so much better right now. Uh, but uh, our guys came out. They guarded hard. We tried to make them take tough twos and take away their threes and tried to rebound the ball. There were a lot of key factors in the game. I want to ask you about one. How important was it? 
not only when when uh, Christian and Dylan got picked up their fourth fouls to have Brock be able to eat minutes, but for him to be productive, a career high in points, field goals made, three points made, not only for him to take up some time, but to add to the effort. Brock's been fantastic all year long. You know, uh, you know he's going to bring a competitive edge to the floor uh, defensively and what he does on that end of the floor, but he's worked extremely hard on his offense and shooting the basketball. He puts a ton of time in, and, you know, you're just seeing all the, re- the results of what, what, he's, you know, what he's doing when, when the lights are not on. Rodney, when you play a team twice and sometimes three times, how much changes do you make or do they make? And I don't want you to give your secrets away, but how much changes are made from the time you played them last time? Did you see any difference out there in the game in Stillwater and tonight? No, absolutely. They're, they're playing smaller and they're putting more shooters on the floor than they did when we were playing down in Stillwater. They played big and they had, uh, I believe they had 12 block shots in the first game down there, but, but because they had their big guys in there that could protect the rim for them. But uh, they, they've been shooting the ball. They, they added, uh, you know, Woody in the line up there and stuff. He's a guy that can stretch the floor at the four spot. So they were essentially playing four guards out there and really shooting the basketball and playing faster in transition. So tra- transition defense was big for us tonight. Taking threes away was big for us tonight and, and trying to sit down and foul us, play without fouling and rebound the ball. Rodney, here's another number, and it's a weird number, but I think it's big as well. Your team turned the ball over 18 times. They turned it over 16, but you outscored them in the points off the turnovers, 20 to 11. So there, it seemed like there was a real renewed effort, even after a turnover, not to give up points on the opposite end. No, absolutely. Anytime you have some adversity, you're not going to play perfect. And, and by any stretch, we don't want 18 turnovers. We have 15 in the first game with those guys. And you know, our goal always is to try to have 10 or less. Uh, but but when you do, you have to get back and still get your defense set and continue to play. You have to have a short memory, get to the next play. And uh, I, I think our guys, are, you know, they're, they're getting better as the season goes along with that. But, you know, we turn it over, short memory, quick recovery, get back, make a play. Schedule is what it is. That said... Is it, uh, do you look at it as a relief, even though Coach Barnes has an outstanding team and you step out of conference and play the number four team in the country on the road? Do you take a break from the, the grind of conference play? Is it a good measuring stick? How do you view this SEC Big 12 Challenge game coming up on Saturday? Well, I think it's a great opportunity. Uh, you know, um, you know, we, we feel like we play in the best basketball conference in the country in the Big 12. You know, uh, Coach Barnes has done a great job with the Tennessee program. T- you have so much respect for him and, and uh, how they do their business over there. And uh, it's going to be a great college day game over there. It's going to be a you know college game days there. It's going to be a primetime game. You got two two really good, I think, defensive teams. Uh, they, they're the best defensive team in the country right now. Um, you know, we played one of the top ten defenses tonight. I think they're like seven, uh, Oklahoma State. So um, And we scored 89 points. So we got to do a great job of taking care of the ball and trying to tackle on our terms. And we got to be an extremely connected team. Uh, to go over and compete in a hostile environment. Yeah, it's kind of a fascinating thing there that uh, uh, to step out of conference in, in midseason. I, I grew up in basketball country, so in North Carolina, and they used to do that in February. There was Texas, I mean, North Carolina or Duke would play a St. John's uh, or Syracuse, which is now a conference game. Carolina beat Syracuse last night. Somebody asked, uh, uh, in fact, it was uh, – Ice Cream Maine, who asks, what did y'all think of the uh, Marcus Carr flop call? Uh, it's like Garbage. It's like virtually every other flop call that's going to be made uh, this season. It's going to be a judgment call, and when you have judgment calls with officials, it, it, there's going to be some that is, you're going to go, really? I, I thought – 
I didn't even think there was real con. I thought he just lost his balance when he fell back. The, it's supposed to be a point of emphasis, and whenever there's a point of emphasis with officiating, there, there's going to be calls that are going to make people uh, very unhappy about yeah, that. That crew got a little whistle happy last night. Doug Sermons is a guy who, um, how do I say this? Gives no Fs. Uh, <laughs> he well, then. he will not brook opposition. That is a guy who takes command of games. That's a guy who teed up Bill Self the night before in Waco. Oh, okay. He's but he's also a really good official. Now, he's not the one who made the the flop call. That was Tony Padilla who did that. Um, but uh, he's Sermons is going to make sure he has control and command of the game that it doesn't get out of hand. And a lot of times, it's a good thing. Uh, but but it, he also can rub people the wrong way. And he can get real demonstrative. He did at one point about some stuff. So he can uh, about that. So somebody asked if Rowan Brumball has heard of redshirting. The answer is redshirting. Red shirt. Uh, it's redshirting. I mean, when you think about the, the guards they already have, Marcus Carr, Tyrese Hunter, Jabari Rice, uh, Arterio Morris. This is tough for Terrio to get. Yeah, minutes right I mean, now. Gavin Perryman was has played in eight ball games, but can't get any more minutes right now because of the way the rotation is going. So that's why they're redshirting him. Uh, they're not redshirting Brock Cunningham. Brock is a, a grad student, and he's in the advertising school. He even has one more year of eligibility after this year if if he chooses to use it as he works toward his master's degree in uh, advertising. And uh, Brock had such a big effort last night. Uh, the the career high fifteen points. The uh, three made three-pointers, a first for him as well. Uh, he has knocked down, he's now shooting 88% from the line after being around 50% his first couple of years. Eddie Orrin made the con- comment during the game. He said, that guy has been in the gym working late at night when nobody's watching. And he's worked really hard on it. So uh, Brock was another guy we visited with after the game to uh, get his thoughts on this Texas victory and, in specific, his performance. When were you first made aware that you had a career high in points tonight, with points, 15? Uh, after the game, one of the coaches pointed it out to me. <laughs> so it didn't occur to you during the game? No, no, it was a tight game. Tight game had to focus on the win. Well, that's true. Now, I, And I wanted to ask you about this because key moment in the game in the second half, Dylan gets his fourth foul, Christian gets his fourth foul, and you go right back out there and you play 24 minutes. Is it in your mind to do things different than your normal game because your offensive game, when the team needed it, really stepped up. No, it's just whatever the team needs at that moment. Um, you know, the Christian and Dylan got the got the fourth foul, and then I had to go in and fill in at the five. So it wasn't anything special, just doing my role within the team. And then the three threes. Three threes, good players around me. Only reason they have to respect everyone around me. Marcus made or. Tyrese, Tyrese made the good pass on that last one. It's just you got to respect the guys around me, and that's why I got open. Eddie also pointed out, I mean, when you came into the game tonight, you were shooting 87% from the line and perfect in Big 12 play. He said, that guy spent a lot of time when nobody else has been around in the gym shooting free throws. Is that true? Absolutely. <laughs> yep. I, I, what goes through your mind when you're putting in all those hours working on free throws and three-point shooting? I'm thinking about the big moment. Every free throw is a game-winning free throw when I'm practicing. So when, so when the game comes, I'm ready for it. Uh, are you uh, ready for a break in Big 12 play to get ready for this trip over to Knoxville? I don't know if it's a break going over to play those guys, but excited to go play a good team and a good atmosphere over in Tennessee. He's a good dude. Uh, like somebody said, God bless Brock Cunningham. Uh, he's, he's shooting 88% from the foul line. 
Uh, in Big 12 play, he's a perfect 1,000% six for six. Three-point shooting, Brock Cunningham is shooting 44% overall beyond the arc, 16 for 36. In Big 12 games, Brock is shooting 50% from three-point range. He's seven out of 14. So, uh, and, and the Longhorns last night shot, what, eight of 13 from three-point range? They were selective, and when they put them up, they made yeah. them. Yeah, I noticed that. Uh, let's see that eight of thirteen. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Bert. Yeah, they they made them when they had to four for to six that. in the second half. Yeah, uh, somebody said, "What about the missed traveling call on Avery Anderson when he lost the ball at the rim and passed it to himself? The ball never touched the rim or board." I looked immediately. The officials, I think, uh, I think it was Padilla. Was it could have been Burt Smith? Burt Smith blew his whistle one time in the night, and that was to call a fourth foul, I think, on the on Bishop. But but. Um, uh, the, the call was he juggled his hands to say the ball had gotten knocked out of his hands, therefore it was not a travel. That was the official's call. We'd be here all day if we broke down the borderline calls in that game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so somebody said flop call should only be called on the defensive player. Shooters lose their balance sometimes and fall. Ridiculous to call it on the shot maker. I agree with Longhorn Bear. I, that, it happened pretty close to us where it happened looking to my left. He was probably – 10, 15 feet away from me. It looked like he just lost his balance on the step because he does that step back and that fadeaway, yeah. and it happens there. All right, so there's our uh, Longhorn Notebook for this hour.